This episode of Into the Apex is brought to you by Roscoe Wheels. Roscoe Wheels is confidence-inspiring aluminum. This means confidence in quality and confidence in self. Confidence in quality, meaning they want their customers to know that their wheels are produced to the highest standard and tested to be as strong as anything on the market and are designed to keep you safe. Confidence in self, meaning they want their styles and fitness to make customers feel the way you did when you walked into high school with a brand new pair of shiny shoes, giving you the confidence in yourself when you show up, whether it be to work or any event, knowing you look awesome. Roscoe Wheels offer, offers free shipping within Canada and flat rate shipping in the USA. Find your new look today at RoscoeWheels.com. This episode of Into the Apex podcast is also brought to you in part by the racing fans at Great Hire Staffing. Whether you need help hiring one employee or 100, Great Hire can help. Hiring good people is hard work. Great Hire HR does it quickly and economically so you can focus on what's important, running your business. Check them out online at www.greathirehr.com. Finally, this episode is sponsored by Bad Weather Brewing Company out of St. Paul, Minnesota. With craft brews like the Immortal Toast Infused White Stout or the Red Vein Red IPA on tap or in the can, it's how endurance drivers like us celebrate post-race. Find your new favorite craft beer and order your mugs online at badweatherbrewery.com. Where the world of real and virtual auto sport meets. Mad Sim Racing Media presents the Into the Apex podcast. And it's Into the Apex, episode 22. Tyler Bradley, Rob, Patrick Stein of MadSimRacing.com joining us again this week. We'll have Bruce Perry in with us next week uh, talking about Bathurst and some road racing again. But uh, we're coming off of Daytona, uh, real and virtual. Daytona 500 uh, went underway late Sunday night. We weren't sure it was going to happen. More issues with rain and bad weather at Daytona in real life. And then we had some very interesting and exciting uh, Daytona races in our oval leagues this week as far as our own team. And I know iRacing in general has been at Daytona for the last couple of weeks. And uh, we've gotten our fill of Super Speedway racing just like we got our fill of Daytona Road, uh, Bradley. Wouldn't you say so? I think you had probably one of the more, you and Rob had some of the more difficult experiences uh, in Daytona Oval racing this week, I think. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a lot, I didn't do the three Cyber Thunder events that, that most of you guys did. Um, so I did the truck race with you on Tuesday. Uh, first time back in the trucks since earlier uh, last year in 2020. And uh, yeah, I only lasted maybe, I'd say, 10 laps or less. Uh, we got into an early accident and just uh, couldn't avoid getting contact. And that just took, took my car out and I think a few other teammates out. Um, so yeah, that was rough. And then yesterday with the Pro Cup, um, kind of struggled the entire time. Uh, stayed in the back, um, as did I think Rob was back there with me. We decided to start in the back and still got collected in a few wrecks and fixed the damage and managed to be up there in the top 12 at the very end. And then a couple of big wrecks uh, ended up taking me out um, and ended up running out of gas coming across the line. That was That was the the end to the uh, Daytona saga for me. Just yeah. terrible strategy. Yeah, oh, it was awful strategy. 
And Rob, you were, I think you were on the ledge after this week. Yeah, I'd just sum it up in one word. Murder. <laughs> just murder. It, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm ready for, needless to say, I'm ready for some speedway racing <laughs> in, yeah. our, in our Oval League. Something um, like that, yeah. I mean, I, the way I would put it, uh, in in some of these races in the in the Daytona Talladega races is after a week of it, especially in our league where it's you know that's it's everything's familiar. Uh, you're there with people that you trust and you want to continue to have them trust you. Is sometimes I walk away from those races feeling unclean, um, like I've done you know I've done wrong. Yeah, that would uh, be me. Right. Um, yeah, I had an incident there. I actually watched it. Uh, afterwards where I, I didn't know what happened at all i thought i just i thought somebody came up and spun into me and uh what had happened a car below me had taken me three wide and i thought he was coming up so i swerved up thinking i had the open lane and i actually caused a bad wreck that didn't bring a caution out it's the one that i had tried to claim but uh yeah it's i, I know what you what you're talking about it's it's so easy to be responsible uh for taking a lot of people out in those plate races yeah. And uh, the sense of nervousness, I think we've talked about that before, the sense of nervousness and responsibility, and specifically in those races when you, you get into a line of cars. I know I had that feeling a few times uh, last night. I get stuck in a line of cars and we're going, we're moving up, moving up, moving into the top 15. The cars start getting bunched up and I'm like, shit, do I, do I really want to be here right now? Am, am I able to be here? Can I actually pull this off without taking everybody out? So it's just that that thought process going through, like oh, you're on the train, it's going, you can't get off, but do you, do you really know what you're doing? Yeah, the top. I mean, look at it like the top five rows uh, in the lead pack are pretty much going to be packed like sardines up there. The margin for error is so small, and uh, at a place like a super speedway, everybody feels like they have a chance to win where they may not usually have that chance. I know that feeling very well. Uh, we've talked about how back in the early 2000s, we ran in a super speedway league for NR2003 just because we felt that was our only chance to really compete to win because we just didn't have the ability at uh, other types of tracks. And uh, so there you have uh, people that kind of have that sense of anybody can win, I can win, I'm competing for the win uh, more than usual. And then you have that small margin of error uh, because everybody's so packed closely. And, uh, and then it's like bowling. You can bowl a strike just by wrecking one car and knock all everybody out. Uh, and there's a lot of pressure to it. And I had the issue of, of uh, my particular steering wheel, the G29. I feel like there's almost some dead space. And it's very easy. Uh, you know, I, I'm aware of kind of that swerve illusion effect when you're looking at the bumper ahead of you. It's very easy to start swerving. And uh, with the wheel, the way the wheel's kind of very, very loose, I found it easy to kind of get in that mode, and when I'm packed close to somebody, uh, kind of swerve around a little bit, and uh, uh, combine that with just overcorrecting and and worrying about wrecks and getting caught in wrecks and having a way out. Uh, you you kind of come out feeling like you, you know, and and sometimes you have to bail on people in the line and and all that. You come out feeling kind of like a prick sometimes, even unfairly, you know. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I found, I don't know, like, I know everyone else is using the 12 to 1 ratio mm-hmm. whenever we were there. Like, I'm, I found whenever I was using the 12 to 1, it almost felt like I had a dead zone. It was really swervy. But I found once I 
took it down to 10 it's like my force feedback was even just that little bit stronger and i could just hold it in one spot a lot easier so that kind of helped me because otherwise i felt i was all over the place yeah and i took mine from 10 to 12 thinking that would help which i think i still would have had i still had that dead zone no matter what i did yeah that's that's something with uh, g29 i had the same thing where it, it, there's a m- middle point that's a dead zone it's that's known thing about the g29 wheel and it's a gear system, but yeah, it kind of ping pongs you back and forth, uh, especially when you're in the, in the corner um, of Talladega or Daytona. It's, it makes it really tough not to weave. Um, so that's one thing, a new wheel uh, like a belt driven or a direct drive wheel would take away. I mean, it doesn't have any dead zone like that. So it's just solid force. Well, it caused me to death grip the wheel. Basically when I was yeah. in the packs, when I was trying to push to the lead, I was death gripping the wheel and really quickly, left to right, really, I wish I could, I can't show you, yeah. obviously, on audio, but I was just really quickly correcting. Uh, I wasn't holding it exactly steady, and I was ever so slightly, or maybe sometimes very obviously, weaving a little bit, aware that it was happening and just not feeling like Yeah, can't, can't control it. Um, and see, I was struggling with, with my wheel, and it's pro- probably just the car setup. I didn't make any changes uh, to anything like you guys were just talking about. But I was when I was on the high line... I was really struggling with oversteer. Um, first time I jumped up there, I turned turned the wheel a little bit more, but it felt like the right right amount, and the car almost went sideways, and I ended up correcting and scraping the wall just a little bit, and I had to just barely feel it turn and turn the wheel just enough when I was on that high side. Yeah, those um, cup cars all week at uh, uh, all the past two weeks that we've been running those cup cars at Daytona Oval, been a little bit more loose than I remember them. Um, Patrick, I'm going to bring you in now. Uh, you, you've got a win at uh, Daytona, or was it Talladega? You've got a super speedway win, I know. I have uh, an Xfinity win at Talladega and a cup win at Daytona. So you've got some wins and, and can navigate these super speedways. What did you make of, of your Daytona week, so to speak? <sighs> well, uh, I would say, you know, because we ran the three Cyber Thunder races, this week um the one that i enjoyed probably or the one that was i i had the most pleasure in was the truck race mm-hmm. um the truck races for some reason it's much easier to handle um I, I i i like driving the trucks over everything else um the arca race that we ran on wednesday um those cars i ugh, I fucking hate. <laughs> I really fucking hate them. That's how uh, you feel. Well, yeah, because you can't bump draft, and no. you feel like I know the Cup cars last, you know, last night they felt, you know, like the littlest thing. You could oversteer it, but the Arca cars, it felt like that was ten times worse, at least for me. Is it the, because uh, I've not tried those cars in a while and I've never had them at a super speedway. Is it the damage model? The updated damage model that makes bump drafting difficult? Shape, it's the shape. So it's the whole shape the of the, the, the back bumper and then the front bumper of the car too. Wow. Aren't, if you bump aren't those cars, like, aren't those cars like actually like built like with like a entire bend to them, the entire car? They do look like that, don't they? Almost like a. I'm pretty sure in real model. life, like they're, they're made to go left. Yeah. Almost like a super late model. Yeah, so maybe that has something to do with this. But if you look at the like actual Arca cars, it they they look like the past generation 
NASCAR Cup cars. Yeah, yeah, they're outdated. They're, yeah. they're, they're outdated in iRacing, which I I have an issue with, but that's you know. Well, I think they that, look, they look to me that, like what Bradley, the early two thousands NASCAR. Yeah, well, if you remember that, I I believe that car, right? They didn't design that car as the Arca. That used to be the B class car. And then they just kind of pushed it down the line and turned it into this Arca, Arca Menards car or whatever whatever they call it now. Um, yeah. that, that used to be the old B-Class car. I think, what was it, from the beginning of iRacing? I don't even I drove I that car a lot. We, I don't even think we were had joined yet. Well, I remember using that car a lot when it was a B-Class car. Or at least I have, I, I have those memories somewhere. I don't know where I'm getting them from, but it wasn't always the Arca car. Um, but I think they have, isn't there a, Somebody released a picture of something where they're they're working on a new one. Is that a the late model? Super late model, That's I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. So maybe Which, the it didn't even look that much different. Yeah, it, it just looked chunkier. It was kind of like good. a clay model. I mean, to, yeah, you couldn't really tell much from it other than the shape. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. To, I mean, our team got a win. We got a one, two, three again on Wednesday in that Arca series. Um, but I felt unclean. You know, you feel unclean sometimes, <laughs> forever unclean after these races because you, uh, it's all bets are off in those last couple laps, and and you just have to defend like hell to try to win if you're in the lead or in the top two or three, and it's uh, it almost feels like a game of chess. You you feel like you can get up there and you can see it. It's in, it's in sight, but you gotta kind of think while you're riding along tightly packed you have to think about what moves to make to kind of make it happen and there's always the tempting let's take it three wide and get some help on that third line at daytona that was we found that to be very difficult um talladega it's a little more durable uh coca-cola slash iRacing super speedway i'm sure it's it's uh just normal but uh i don't think we saw very much if any successful three wide sending it this week i don't know if you guys saw that no, not that I can really recall. Everyone's so con- you, you really have to have faith that the person next to you is not going to take you. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm confident to run a high line if I have to, even for a few laps. So, but I wouldn't try it in a you know first week of a series with people. I'm not exactly sure who they are at times. Yeah, it's a risk. I'm the same way. I you know, I just at super speedways, I feel more comfortable on that bottom line because. I feel like I have more options. Say something does happen in front of me, you know, yeah. to get out of the way. Yeah, that's that's how I I like the bottom uh, because it's I have a better point of reference. Um, like it's easier to keep the car down there when I'm on the high side. Like I mentioned, I had the the oversteer, but I also find it hard to not. It's harder for me to gauge not hitting the wall. I'm more more tempted to slide up and hit the wall uh, because you have all that extra real estate up there. But I think the high line was kind of the dominant line, at least when it got uh, people close together and pushing it. I know a lot of people mentioned uh, that the bottom line was checking up quite a bit. And I think that that was because uh, folks were letting other drivers in. That or there's a little bit of swerving action. People tap the apron or can't hold the line straight. I mean, just like I just described, sometimes having trouble with myself. I don't think it was too egregious and i found that i did it a lot more on the high line than when i was on the low line for whatever reason uh, but i you notice people hitting the apron a little bit and they they move up a little uh, people on the high side are looking for that side draft and i found another thing i felt like i was doing and that i do sometimes when i'm running the high line 
is I do get too close and crowd the low line. And it's easy to get into that. You know, I don't it know is. if that's I don't I don't feel good about it. I can always hear that engine of the low car getting louder in my ears when I do yeah. that. And it's it, always yeah, it's it stops your it gets your adrenaline going. Yeah, well, you're, close. you're always waiting for, yeah, if you kind of weave a little bit in your lane and they're weaving in theirs, there's going to, you really can't see them, you know, beside you. So if, if you both weave at the same time, you're going to hit each other. Um, another thing I wanted to bring up that I, I only noticed at the Pro Cup race, obviously there's nothing to do with the league itself or anyone running it. It's an iRacing thing, but uh, there was a couple wrecks I think we, sh- we should probably talk about that did not bring out a caution, most notably. There were two wrecks in particular I'm thinking of where there were cars spinning out, uh, still actively spinning sideways on the track, not off the track. I mean, there were some off too. And there's a big pack of cars coming. Patrick, I think you were the head of the pack the second time this happened. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I watched your replay. And I, I had a, I realized that the caution hadn't come out. And I was still sitting on the track moving slow. So I made an emergency dive to the left. And you were about to cut left. And you saw me doing that, and you you just made it in time to clear me um, and not hit me. And there was a wreck behind you, of course, because there were still cars on the track wrecking. And then the caution came out. So that I, I, that was interesting. I'd love to hear from your perspective what you were thinking coming around into three and four and seeing all those cars sitting on the track. I, I feel like, um, yeah, in the Pro Cup race, I remember that specifically. And I actually think that happened a couple times in all the – Daytona races this week that I've done done either in leagues or actually in official iRacing sessions. It's just the cautions have been really relaxed. They have not been throwing them. If it's slightly out of the line of traffic, they're not going to throw a caution. So, you know, you have to really just slam on the brakes or you're just going to take it guess and go for it you know i, I got lucky because it helped me at the end you know finishing the top 10 but i still it you know i don't understand how there's 10 plus cars that are you know facing all different directions on the track and there's no caution yeah you're exactly right what you described uh, seeing in that race in the league uh this week and, and we saw that uh we were seeing that uh, you and I, Patrick, uh, jumped in the same, got in the same split for a couple Daytona Class A races this prior last weekend, uh, leading up to the Daytona 500, and we were noticing that at that time too that that something is different. These these cautions came out very easily and clearly before, and it, it brought frustration to us there uh, and to a lot of people on the uh, open server chats, uh, and it brought some frustration in the league race uh, this week as well, to where it's like. Why is there not a caution? And and to the point where I think we can say almost clearly that that, that change by iRacing, whatever went into it and whatever change it's, it specifically is, uh, creates more of a danger to cars still trying to race that otherwise would have slowed down and avoided the accident if they hadn't made those changes. So I, I join you guys. I don't like it. I don't know if either of you guys like it, but I, I think it's a bad change. No, no, I don't like it at all. It, there was a few times, and yeah, it's I'm a little sour because yeah, I'd be off track spinning around, and the pack has left me behind. But I mean, there that that particular time, that second time, I mean, I was sitting on track and I was chugging along at a pace speed or a 
pace car speed thinking there's a caution flag out. So we're all slowing down. They're going to be checking up behind me. And then I look up and see there's no yellow flag and the field led by Patrick's approaching at 200 miles an hour. So I dived down as fast as I could. And that still caused a secondary wreck, or I guess that would be the, the, you know, the wreck that brings the caution, but still, I mean, that's, uh, that was awful. Yeah. Terrible. It, yeah. it was just, and I noticed that from running those races, you know, last week and throughout this week as well. It's, it just, I learned from that, that if I don't hear from my spotter caution, I have to just keep going. Otherwise I'm going to lose that pack and then I'm out of the race. It, that yeah. one, one little thing like that will ruin the race and you lose, lose the draft. Yeah. That's what happened to me on, what was it? Tuesday? I guess it would have been Tyler. You saw me get taken mm-hmm. out and I got spun around and caution didn't go out. But the thing that I'm curious, I just want to see when we get just the regular speedways, what happens because I'm assuming because the only time that I've noticed that the it didn't go out is when it seems to, like it's towards the tail end of the pack. I wonder if it's I've a never seen super speedway thing or if it's all all oval races. Well, well that's why I'm curious because I'm almost thinking that it has something to do with like where wrecks happen, who's wrecking, like where in the pack, and the distance to where the cars would come around. Right, like if they don't need to throw up a caution because the main pack is fine, and by the time they would get around to there, given how big of the super speedway is, that all those other cars would be sorted out. Right, so they might be just trying to lower the frequency for them in like official sessions or something. Yeah, and I could see that. Uh, depending on the split um i feel like oh, in the truck race when you had your issue i feel like we were in the main pack but i could not be remembering it right i felt like we were at least in a big enough clustered enough pack to where uh, whatever detects an issue would have thrown the caution uh, but it just didn't yeah you maybe you're right i don't you really were, know you were i mean completely spun around it was it was kind of a side swipe i was forced through pit road at, at speed in that particular accident to just avoid it and uh well yeah even just there then probably should have went up then yeah yellow. i mean it, it was pretty up it was up there it was chaotic uh any i, I feel like any other time it would have call, called called a yellow uh, and we saw that several times in in all the series which was interesting including the official session and i think even the official sessions i mean it's it's ridiculous sometimes when it's caution after caution after caution it's kind of what you get sometimes but i feel like in oval races uh it's one reason why i don't really go back to the the open ARCA series that, that doesn't have cautions on for oval what works in road racing and official sessions and, and I racing uh, it's fine. No cautions. You don't really care for them and need them. Uh, and the, as I say, the cream rises to the top in road races over the time limit uh, in oval races. I feel like cautions, you need them. They're part of it. Yeah. It's part of the strategy that you would build in. I mean, yeah, otherwise it's, it's just, I always felt like the, the cautionless oval series, uh, that are official in iRacing are more, I mean, obviously it's not an arcade, but it, it just it has that feeling of an arcade. More chaotic. Thing. It is. Yeah, it's a sprint. I mean, it's a, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I don't like it. I, I'm with you on that. I don't, I, I never liked that series. Um, so I don't know. I, I always liked having a couple of cautions sprinkled in just to work strategy and you can gain some positions that way. I mean, it's, it's just more realistic. Take a break too from intense racing. That's that's yeah. a little more prevalent in uh, oval. Um, I mean, an oval series that doesn't throw cautions and has a bunch of wrecks. The wrecks are probably involving more cars than a road race, except for the start of the road race. Really, from there, it's all uh, quote unquote local yellows that you can uh, look at it as. 
and uh, you're not likely, not as likely to run into the issues. There's more of a runoff. Um, in oval racing, there's no there's no sand where people are off track at that you can kind of cruise by with that little local yellow warning. Oval oval races, you could have people sandbagged all over the place, and a race can quickly turn into a demolition derby. Comment? No, we're just, I'm just going to ride the silence. <laughs> yeah. like Let's, so I can cut it and edit it back out. Oh, please don't. Oh, please don't. I, I think it adds a, a <laughs> nice, unique touch. Uh, there, there's, nothing like, there's nothing like uh, the sound of... you're right i'm not gonna edit that yeah leaving that in 100 no but Uh, i feel feel like the i feel like i made such a strong point that nobody could even uh refute it yeah we were just speechless speechless at my oratorical uh fuck fuck me Uh, (laughs) lord we're only 23 minutes in come on that's right your TED uh, talk has already been scheduled, Tyler. That's correct. So who was about to? Somebody was about to make a really salient point, and I'm honestly, to I've, I've totally forgotten what your point even was. I, I don't know how good of a point it was going to be, but I was going to say, you know, oval racing, kind of like what you're elaborating on. Oval racing, you don't have that runoff room, right? Your runoff room is the outside wall. Yeah. Uh, you know, road course racing, you you have the you old know, sand, you have some paved road, you know, runoff, but that's what makes oval racing, oval racing and road racing, road racing, you know, in my yeah. opinion. And I, I was thinking, I was thinking too, uh, I mean, obviously you need cautions in over racing because like you said, the wrecks take out more cars and a lot of the time it's not, you know, I mean, a wreck and road is not always your fault, but a lot of times it is an off track. Um, but it's also easier to make up the time in road. You have more opportunity to make up lost time whereas oval. I mean, Unless someone self-spins, you're not going to make up that much time unless you're just that much better than them, which in those, at least those official series like that, they're mostly fixed set up anyway. So well, I mean, you're not going to gain that much time. To continue my excellent point that I was making. Oh, please do. And add to it. Um, at, a, uh, at a road course, you're t- it takes longer to get around the track. At an oval circuit, uh, for a lot of them, you're you're gonna the wreck's gonna happen and and by the time the cars are even kind of getting recovered and and if they're competent and, and not dicks and they're looking at their relative before rejoining the track, uh, which doesn't always or usually happen in an official session. Uh, by you know cars that haven't been in the wreck have already come up upon it again in an oval race and then and it becomes the way I've often looked at the ARCA series in iRacing, especially when it was what I was working my way up the licenses. Uh, it becomes like a Mario Kart, like a, a dodge game. You got to dodge the cars that are sideways stopped on the track and try to still compete for the win because you're not getting your caution and then try not to hit these T-bone your T-bone these cars that are stopped. Uh, so if iRacing makes it more difficult for caution to come out, whether it's at a league race or otherwise, uh, it's gonna it could become kind of a dodge game at some of the shorter tracks. Well, I guess another question I have um and maybe you don't even know the answer because I've never, I've, I don't, I've never driven a road race uh, with cautions on ever. The three of us have. 
What what's the threshold for throwing the caution in that kind of race? Well, we do it in the majors, Pacific Majors MTEC series. It's a three hour uh, multi class pro am series that that races once a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick, Rob, and I co drive a car for that, and they throw full course cautions. But the way they do it there is they pick a number of incidents total for all cars on track, and once once it hits that total of incidents, they throw it. So it's kind of random. There's no particular particular size of wreck or wreck that causes it to be thrown so if there was a big pileup wreck they wouldn't throw it or they, they wouldn't throw it they, would they only wouldn't throw they wouldn't even discretionary it. yeah interesting just, like just once you reach local. that point yeah i mean somebody yeah like could, if it was bad enough they could throw it yeah. if they wanted but like for the most part it's a threshold thing for incident points yeah so think. like it, you know the, to meet the threshold a car could just simply spin out there goes the full course caution yellow and there you go but that's I think all, we've that's gotten all, that's automated though by the that league race what control. A, yes, that's, yeah, so that's that's league based. That's league no, based. So so we don't really know like if there was an official sh- official session where you set up full course cautions on we don't really know what kind of wreck or what threshold of a wreck, you know, wrecking like is a single off track going to throw it or is it going to be two cars spinning out sideways if they run off track into the grass does it not throw it? That's that's kind of what I wonder about and I've never been a part of a race that has had that. So I'm yeah, I don't know that either. That's, that's good. A good I, mean, I, I have no idea. Thought. We'll have to test it out on our next fun run. That that might be a very long fun <laughs> run. I mean, I see I think there's a reason why nobody knows the answer to that. I know. We'll have to do a mid It sounds, it sounds like it's a recipe for uh just doing pace laps. Yeah. We'll long have to get everybody in a in a hosted session and run like a 10 lap race and and fake some stage some wrecks and do a mythbuster episode <laughs> i don't know if it's even worth knowing at all <laughs> it's an uh, unknowable question yeah it's it's a who cares to know yeah uh experiment you can just try that by yourself and, and set up your own by yourself session oh that sounds that sounds fun uh, speaking of uh speaking of road racing in general uh, had a little thing uh, pop up today for the Delara IRO one, a little post on the forum uh, that's getting a little chatter. Uh, Greg, Greg West uh, put up a post today or on the 19th talking about the O one and some changes coming for season two of 2021. Uh, and inadvertently it confirms that Hockenheim should be ready and released by this next season because Hockenheim, Hockenheim if I can say the name, uh, is on week two of the next season's schedule for the Delara. So that's some interesting side news to come with that. That's going to be an interesting road course to see. Um, some of the other changes that they announced, uh, I think people on the forums are pretty pleased with this. So they say uh, that it's going to become a B-level series in season two. The, the race lengths will be reduced to 45 minutes. And by popular demand, they're moving to standing starts. Uh, the gear stack has been adjusted to make that more manageable. So standing starts are going to be more manage- manageable. So that's kind of nice. Uh, also, tire compounds have been adjusted uh, to allow for all three to still be viable options for shorter length races. Uh, interestingly, they're going to bring on the new damage model for the Delara. Uh, aerodynamics have been adjusted to give a wider ra- working range for the front wing. Uh, overall grip of the tires increased fall off of the soft and medium tire compounds increased significantly uh, in hotter track temp- conditions fall off will be more than two seconds in 10 laps on the soft tire uh, rear arb rates have been adjusted to improve stability of the rear 
arrow push uh, while following has been reduced and the fuel tank has been reduced to 80 liters or whatever that comes out to here in the, in the United States. Um, just get to the yeah, metric we don't, system. We don't know what that is. Uh, liters or, or soda for us or Coke. Um, and then they released the schedule of which Watkins Glen Boots starts it out and Hockenheim is number two, which is the really interesting part. Uh, and from there they go to a lot of just uh, what you would expect if, as far as Grand Prix tracks. So we're in a good position to kind of talk about this car because you could you could tell that iRacing when they released this thing. I mean, this is their baby. This is only this is custom made by Delara for iRacing. Uh, I think I've thought it was cool. We kind of did our episode about that in December, uh, and they talked about and teased making a uh, World Championship Series around this car at some point, which tells you that they really had high hopes for it. Uh, yet it received some criticism when it came out as being really tough to drive uh, and, and having some issues like that. And they did some patching uh, in December, and that kind of helped some things. Still not the easiest to drive, but it, nor, nor should it be, in my opinion. Uh, we uh, started around this car a monthly series that we kind of talked about really briefly, uh, the Mad Sim Racing MSR Grand Prix Series, and kind of just having fun with it. It's a monthly thing, so it's not every week. Uh, and we go to a Grand Prix track for 35 laps once a month. And we kicked that off at Interlagos at the end of January. And then this coming Wednesday, we'll be at uh, Nürburgring Grand Prix Streck. And uh, I've really grown to the to, to the car. I found it was fun to drive at Interlagos after some practice. I'm finding it's, it's a thrill to drive it at Nürburgring. And uh, the other track's coming up with it. Uh, we got Imola on the schedule, Circuit of the Americas, Montreal. Uh, spa uh, and it sounds like these changes are only going to make it more fun and stable to drive uh, but we tried uh, the standing start at interlagos and it went perfectly fine uh, except for me <laughs> i'm the only one that messed it up i screwed it up uh, not getting it right but everybody else i think had a pretty good start patrick and rob you guys are in this series bradley you're not an f1 guy so you, of course you're not in it um, what did you guys think of that You've done some testing in it, uh, and you did the race at at Interlagos. I mean, what do you guys, Rob? We'll start with you. What do you think about the some of these changes, and what did you think about running an actual competitive race in this thing? Oh, I had a great time in the race that we ran in it. And the main thing, well, maybe it's not me. Like I kind of expected it to handle the way that it did to be a little twitchy, since it's supposed to be this formula car. Um, but whenever, like, if they're saying that they're changing the gear stack to make it easier on the the starts for standing starts, then I'm assuming it's just going to be less twitchy punching at a corners in general, which is probably going to resolve a lot of the issues I think a lot of people have coming to it. Is it just seems really twitchy on the throttle, and if you're not doing a lot of throttle control, you're probably going to be spinning out a you lot. You can't. I mean, uh, right now as a rule, you can't use first gear. Second gear is about as low as you can go and really accelerate. And even then, you have to be really careful. And that, that's yeah. what I expect, though. And honestly, like if you you look at an F one car, there's maybe two turns in an F in a whole F one season. You might see a car go down to first gear, maybe like the hairpin at Montreal and somewhere's yeah. in Monaco. <laughs> I mean, I think a good way to put it. I'm going to borrow from Alex Matola, who uh, in our series, by the way, our, our MSR Grand Prix series is mimicking f1 with two car teams using the live race from f1 and we even have nicknames set up 
in the league in the series matching real life F1. So when you're in the relative, you see Lewis Hamilton, you see um, Lando Norris, you see that's who you see. You don't see Rob Gorgar or Patrick Stein. You see Romain Grosjean. Um, so that's one of the thing, kind of novelties that we did to make it more fun. Uh, so Alex Patola, who is Valtteri Botas in our series, uh, he made a, a really cool observation that I really it made sense to me after running it uh, that that it seems like uh, this Delora uh, you get this kind of the sense of driving a race car and how extremely fast it is in the sim, and, and your reaction time is is literally short in the sim. And the thing flies, and, and and everything happens so quick, and that's one of the things that kind of have drawn me to it, is it's not easy to drive, and it's insanely fast, and it sounds beautiful, and uh, that's I take it for what it is. I don't have any, I don't have huge complaints about it after running a competitive, uh, actual race with the thing. Who are you, Patrick? Well, I I have no complaints about it myself either. Um, I'm not saying that I'm particularly good in it i'm pretty piss poor driving the thing (laughs) but i I will say this it's it's a fun car to drive um it it definitely seems compared to the actual f1 car that they have in there if it feels almost i know it's not a real car but it feels like it could actually be one and it's it's you know, this little series that we're doing, it's a very enjoyable thing. So, um, me personally, I can't drive the thing for my freaking life, but eh, you know, as long as I don't burst into flames, I'm good. <laughs> I'm still predicting that at least one of them gets made in real life. Uh, the, the one. Yeah. That they'll just get Delaire to Surely. make one up or something. Do something with it. Even if it's a prototype. Just one. Yeah. Hey, they did with the BMW. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> in real life. So why can't they? Let's just make uh make a bunch of random cars custom for iRacing. All of the manufacturers. It's a, a completely fictional video game. <laughs> Don't oh go I, I think I just there. triggered everybody. Oh boy. Trigger. Um I like. I mean, I said at the time when we reviewed the car or previewed it in December's episode, uh, I think it's an awesome concept. And uh, after racing it in competition, we're going to do it again. Uh, so we'll kind of give it another trial run uh, this week. So maybe we'll mention it in passing next week uh, in that episode if it maintains. Uh, but I can say that every – and I think part of it, of course, was the novelty of the series that we created uh, around F1 and that kind of thing. Uh, but but there was a buzz about the thing. Even still, uh, people were uh, looking forward to the next race a month away, uh, me included. And I kind of felt that buzz. I felt it from everybody else in the series, and I felt it myself. And uh, I thought it was kind of cool for the Delora. Yeah, this should be a good race this week. I haven't really turned any laps yet, what so could go that wrong? should be interesting. You, you are, yeah, uh, really. after well, all, you were you guys. Troll. I am... Uh, I can't see any of your guys' name when I'm out there, and I can't remember anyway. So if I take one of his out, it's like a victimless <laughs> crime. Like punch. I am Pierre Gasly, <laughs> and Patrick know is Roman Grosjean. <laughs> yes, which is why he made no, that. I didn't hear any of the burst into flames joke a moment ago. <laughs> I, I was not thinking of that, but no comment. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. Hey, he's okay. 
We we love you, Romaine. These cars are racing at Spa this Who week is? too. So these Ooh, cars are at Spa this tempting. week. I can never. Ch- I can't choose what I want to race in a given week on the roadside. I want to do a little bit of everything, and I and I don't have the I time know, to too. do much of it at all. Uh, we, yep. Such is life. Uh, a track that I think is not so popular in road or otherwise, but I love it is Twin Twin Ring Motegi. I managed to get that out. Uh, that's a, a fun track I found over Christmas. Um, so I'm going to hit that up a little bit. I'm not going to touch Daytona Road in the stock cars. That sounds terrible to me. I is that where they're at so. this week? Has anybody looked? Course? I don't think I've even looked. Yes, I right run a now. truck race there. How'd it go? Never tried it. Um, I didn't lose I rating. Did you gain I rating? Like five I rating. I did. Where'd you finish? I th- I think I finished in like the top ten or so. But well, that's not bad. Well, if if you think about it, though, in comparison to the other drivers that I was racing against, with how I racing has it set up now, where they take your road course rating, basically, and that's how they give you the uh, your I rating based on like being on a road course, actually, even though it's a NASCAR. And everyone was rookies. So, yeah, take that as what you will. And I have an eight mm. license. Sometimes you got to whatever it takes to make yourself feel, uh, feel like you're number one. Sometimes you got to go back down to the Mazda series or the Legends cars. I will say this, though. Driving any of those stock cars on a road course, I think, has to be <laughs> the biggest challenge out there i I, I would agree with that i mean it's coming off the corners with not putting too much pressure down on the accelerator it it just even knowing daytona's road course it it just it was oh it was bad yeah you're you're so on the edge and then with that one i've i've not tried the nascar version yet but that front little chicane would throw me off big time yeah i don't know if i would like that very much i'm not i'm not ready for it but uh, no, I'll stick with the Roval. I'm, I'm satisfied enough with that. I do like the Roval. I'm part. Yeah, I, like I do. The Roval. I do. I like it. And uh, now that I've been there and watched a race, I'm I'm even more partial to it. Sure. But uh, I mean, it's fun because it's so hectic. It's it's so it feels so small when you compare it to Daytona Road, but it feels like a miniature version of that. Yeah, and it's kind of designed just, in a similar yeah. way. And there's not a lot of racing room at that track. It's like a street Grand Prix. It is. I've heard it described like, like that, and I kind of agree with that. That's true. Well, that's what they even called the real life race, the Motul Grand Prix. Yeah, I'm jealous of your pictures and video and and everything from that one. And I, hopefully, I'll I'll get down that way this year when if they return to it. They're not. Really. It's not on the schedule. Oh, son of it a was a one off. That's why I went. It was a it was a lucky probably you. the only time ever. That's what made me buy that ticket. Is there would there would never be a two for one priced ticket where you get to watch a full-length Xfinity race, and then immediately after you have IMSA. I don't think that'll ever happen again in the history of, of racing. Well, that's to a have bold prediction. That's a bold prediction. Yeah, I'd take that bet you any would, day of the but week. But how often do, do they run at the same track at the same time? Uh, Not that often, right? Uh, most series, Xfinity and, and IMSA? It's a pretty economical thing to do, wouldn't you say? But that they don't. Well, now that they're with NASCAR, yeah. 
Well, they, yeah. I think they've done it at uh, Road uh-huh. America before. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, in mid-Ohio? Yeah. <laughs> Bradley? Maybe, probably so, Canadian uh, Tire. Uh, <laughs> never again in the history of the never universe. Never again. Never uh, again. <laughs> was a, it, was. it was a great that, and Never so, uh, again in the state of North Carolina. There yeah. you go. They're not going to uh, come back to the, the Roval unless took, there's a pandemic that happens again. Bradley had some wind in his sails, and we I did. He tore it away. You, you <laughs> it is. He has no wind in his, his oh, boat. Has, I, I, I have pump. a joke for that. But it's not appropriate for this podcast, this and I'm podcast. not going to make it. Yeah, the, it's, I'll, it's, I'll make it's it to you. Oh, I'll make it, it to you. Do in it. Text chat. Type it, and, and we'll, your reaction. We'll, Nobody else say it. We'll determine it after you type it. So Bradley is uh, is currently typing what he uh, believes he can't say, and we're going to be the judge of whether he can say it or not. I, I you can't say this on this podcast. We'll type it out, and we'll find out. <laughs> is there one that could say it? Let's see what it is, Bradley. Let's. Uh, Type a little we'll quicker. Spared it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, don't know yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, <laughs> yeah, you can't say that. Yeah, you can't say that on a podcast. That's just dark. <laughs> That's beyond dark. That's sadistic. <laughs> I can That's, say uh, this though: you are one sick fuck. Yes, <laughs> but am I wrong? No. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man! Oh, because Harley used—he's on like the account that I have with your email. <laughs> he put Amber's credit card on it. What's <laughs> happening right now? Oh boy! What's happening? <laughs> so Bradley's a terrible person, and we'll move on from that. But uh, let's just let's just cut that whole bit. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. So I want—that's a, a nice hard transition into a, kind of a story. So we. We talk about our equipment a lot here. We're sometimes, I think as Bradley likes to say, we, we devolve into the VR and rig program uh, every other week on this show. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's what, yeah, it's what that's, what that's, are, that's the big part of what, we, of what sim racers talk about with each other is what, yeah. equipment, what equipment do you have and what's, you know, how do you have it set up, all that stuff. And what do you want to improve and what do you want to get? Yeah, that's that's. How much do you want that, to leverage your financial future is, for is happiness? The, that is that the is. core of it. Rob, that, that actually core. hurts to hear. Well, yeah. <laughs> speaking of that, I was, uh, and I say this humbly and as the beneficiary, and uh, um, I got uh, I got a, a package from FedEx a couple weeks ago. And uh, I think it turned out, so you guys that listen to this show regularly, I uh, know that I often talk about my budget sim setup, my G29 wheel and pedals, uh, desk chair, just basic, what I've always had. I've never had anything fancy. I had a Momo when I did NR2003. Bradley had the same. Uh, we we were have always been budget racers. Bradley's a little high on the hog these days. Um, but I've kind of stayed simple because I got back into it this past year. And uh, so I get a delivery of from FedEx of two boxes. Uh, and they are Fanatec boxes at my door. And I have not ordered anything from Fanatec. Um, so I get these as a pretty pleasant surprise. Uh, come to find out that our team, MedSim Racing, uh, we've really grown in the last six months over the course of the year, coming up on a full year. Uh, and this time last year, it was literally just me and Bradley. 
Uh, and then Rob was number three, and Patrick here was number four. Uh, so you're looking at the original four drivers of this team uh, in 2020 uh, in this podcast. And uh, so I get these boxes, and there I open them up. Fanatec, I'm like, holy shit, what is this? What do I have here? I didn't order anything from Fanatec. I kind of suspect that uh, what happened, because our addresses are shared for the most part at Mad Sim Racing Team. And uh, I open them up, and they are uh, brand new load cell pedals. Uh, fan attack. What do, <laughs> Bradley? What are they called again? I don't even remember the damn brand. The uh, they're with brand is fan attack or fan fanatic. Well, fanatic, if you prefer to to be. I that like type fan of attack. Being. Sounds cool. Hey, yeah, I do too. But uh, they're the CSL Elite. That's what they pedals are. with That's the load cell kit. Um, so they're CSL Elites, uh, and I get them together. I break a sweat trying to sc- to uh, bolt them and and uh, Allen wrench them together. Says the guy making fun of me for putting together my rig and everything. I, I would have broken girls. a sweat then too. Oh yeah, and, and we're uh, not uh, not particularly. Uh, how would you say handy? Well, any any level, you know, the kind of cheap furniture you can get from Big yeah, yeah, yeah. Walmart. I have three items that are not completely put together. They're put together enough to function: a bookshelf, the desk that I have my stuff on, and a TV stand. I would like to see. I would like to see pictures of these things. They are not. not, not they are fully not put fully put together per the specs because I got impatient and tired. But anyway, good thing you're not um, an engineer. No, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't throw on my tool belt every weekend until the, the, house. This it, did we mention his job in real life is he builds bridges? Yeah, those are those are things are secure. Um, <laughs> rest rest in peace. Um, so I get these pedals. I get them together. Um, I get the uh, because two boxes. One box is the uh, or the is the base the the throttle and the brake and then the second box is the load cell brake which is the one i'm actually have attached to use the point was to get me hooked up with some load cell brakes and um so i get it put together uh and i'm uh very grateful uh because the team including uh rob and patrick i believe uh, everybody kind of behind the scenes planned this and pitched in to pay for it and uh, that just brings a uh, tear to my eye. I'll just say that. I, I raise my drink to you. Uh, we always have our drinks. No idea what you're talking about. None of I don't you? think that was any of us. No, it just, just yeah. showed up, man. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. <laughs> you're you're such an influencer that Fanatec uh, shipped you some things to test out. Uh, okay, I'll believe that. That makes me feel good. And um, you just had a wish one day, then bam, right on your fucking door. The Tooth Fairy. So I get these pedals, I get them put together, um, and everything's good. And, uh, obviously I have a desk chair. I still, I don't have a rig. I I'm still very cheap <laughs> and don't have a rig. Uh, so I get them in the brake pedal, the load cell pedal is very stiff. Uh, and the throttle obviously is fine, but I go to test it out, you know, very easy to hook up. I just plug the USB in test and uh, calibrate it in iRacing. And uh, the brake pedal with the the load cells so stiff that I'm basically as I hit it I'm flipping the base up. Uh, the front of the base is lifting up off the ground and it wants to kind of flip over, uh, and so it's not secure. So I need to figure that out. It's like do I uh, order a whole rig and get that put together, uh, or, or what do I do? Uh, so kind of brainstorm. We try to figure something out. I end up coming up with the idea. And again, I am not someone that throws on the tool belt and builds a birdhouse every weekend. 
I, I can't do shit. So let's get out that out there. Uh, I decide, you know what? I'll, I'll walk, I'll go to home Depot. I'll walk around. Surely I'll just see something and it'll pop in my mind. That's what I need. And I'll figure this out. Uh, so I go into home Depot last Friday or so and uh, walk around. I walk around for maybe five minutes. I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I cannot figure this out. Like, I see pipes. I see toilets. I see uh, washing machines and lumber. And uh, let me go ahead and head on out. So <laughs> I did not see the magic device or equipment that I felt I needed to secure these pedals to my chair or to the ground or to something that would stabilize them. It's such a form. I mean, because when I was building my rig, that's the first time I'd stepped foot in a Lowe's hardware or any hardware store <laughs> in uh, five years. <laughs> and uh, I mean, yeah, I walked in and I'm like, what am I even looking for? And then I go to the, <laughs> I go to the bolt aisle because I was looking for an M8 bolt. And I've told this story on the earlier episode, but yeah. looking for an M8 bolt. And there's 20 versions of the M8 bolt. Different. I mean, yeah, we, we don't meet you and me, Tyler. We don't belong in a hardware store. <laughs> if somebody comes up to you and is like, hey, what can I help you find? Yeah, I'm just looking. Yeah, that's, looking. that's what they do. Like, I don't know what I'm like. Why am I here, sir? Tell me. I don't, I don't how do I explain? I'm trying to find I'm trying to find a way to secure my pedals to the ground for my video game. Well, you see, please take my hand and, and tell me where I need to go. And then I walk out buying a bathtub. Yeah, it's like why am I want I came in to, to buy something to secure my sim racing pedals. Why do I have a lawnmower? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. We're, me, me and wandering around the store with bells on. Oh it's gonna be a silver alert. Yeah, uh, me, 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 and Tyler are the epitome of we're gonna hire a guy to do something for us. Right. I mean, we're cutting our own lawn, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Get uh, an expert to do it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Oh. Do, do you work on your? Well, you might. <laughs> do you work on your own car? No. Some people, yeah. A lot of people, yeah. So that br- that brought me back to what am I gonna do? Am I gonna buy a rig? What am I gonna do? So I found out there's a micro center. Um, I'm I'm uh, about 30 minutes south little, of Cleveland, Ohio. A little jealous of you on that one. Yeah. I uh, found a micro center up near Cleveland. And uh, I figure I'll go up there. So I share that with some of the crew of our very large team that obviously are awesome people because they chipped in and got me these pedals. So I'm forever in their debt. And uh, I say I, I found some rigs. I forget the brands already. It's not that important. I just I saw some kind of relatively inexpensive, simple, not probably the sturdiest rigs. And I'm thinking, even in my head, I'm like, I, I can't let these pedals just sit here and not use them. I mean, they're awesome pedals. They're sitting there staring at me. These guys put the time and, and effort into hooking me up with these. I got to make this work somehow. Uh, but I'm also on a slide of a budget. Uh, so I was thinking, I'll get this thing. I probably won't use the steering wheel attachment. I'll probably just use the base for the pedals and try to figure that out. Because at the time, I'm thinking, I just need to secure these pedals to my chair somehow and uh, offset the weight to where the chair doesn't push backwards and the pedals don't flip uh, the opposite direction when I hit the brake. Um, so I'm trying to think of how I can do that. I think I can't build shit. Uh, for the for the pedals, so I'll just get uh, something that's made for pedals to be attached to. Uh, so I post that, and uh, one of our drivers who actually got a win at Daytona this week, Jerry Isaacs, had a spare uh, 
stand up. It was had the pedal platform, the metal pedal platform, then kind of the bar going up, and then the uh, place to attach your steering wheel. But it's not, I wouldn't call it necessarily a rig, more of like a stand, um, is how I would describe it. Is it kind of like yeah, the one, remember the yeah. one that I first got? And uh, he offered, yeah, he like offered that, yeah. me again, just these guys blowing me away. Uh, and what a community and a family we've got. Uh, I know it's, uh, may sound like nothing to folks that listen that aren't on our team, but I think you see this kind of thing in leagues too. People take care of each other. And uh, he offered to ship me the whole thing. And we, it was a little expensive and I didn't really need the wheel thing. So we ended up, uh, he, he took it apart and just shipped me the uh, pedal base, just this metal pedal base. Uh, so it got here yesterday. Um, it arrived and I was able to bolt my um, Fanatex, Fanatics, Fanatex to this thing. And they're sitting next to me right now. Uh, I, I bolted to it nice and sturdy. I set it under my desk. I'm in my desk chair. I go to Daytona and the LMP2 to really put this, try this thing out. Can I break deep and turn one? Uh, so with my bare foot, I really couldn't. Uh, it was too strong of a pedal. But I put on a tennis shoe. I was able to do it just fine, several laps. So basically, I solved my problem uh, thanks to more help from the team. And all I need is just some racing racing boots or shoes, and and I'm good to go. So now I'm just at a stage where I have to to adapt to using a shoe. And I think, Patrick, out of us four, you're the only one that uses a shoe or a boot. Uh yeah. Yeah. Did you start out that way or did you do that later on? I started doing that when I got a load cell. Um, before yeah, that, I was barefoot or in socks. That was it. So what's the learning curve? Because I feel like, I felt like with a tennis shoe, which is not what I'm going to use, I'm going to buy something that might be a little better fitting than a tennis shoe. Uh, I felt a little like it's going to take me a while to really dial it in like I've kind of gotten used to my G29s. I think obviously in the long run, I'm going to be better off because even with the tennis shoe and going into turn one in the LMP at Daytona road, I could tell I could break late and not lock it up. Like I would sometimes do. Yeah. Um, my suggestion is because what I did was I ordered from OMP. Um, it's like, it's basically like a, a carding shoe, carding boot, if you will. Um, and now it, it depends on like what your budget is and you know what you're looking for. But for me, the learning curve it really only took maybe two or three days of really, you know, getting used to it. And then it, it, it actually helped a lot, especially with the break. That was what I needed. You know, it, the break is that's pretty much only where you need it. But with like, I tried a gym shoe too, and it was just too bulky. Yeah, that's what I found. Or a little, I'm a size 13, not to brag, uh, but the shoe was a little spacey and uh, a little loose on the foot. Uh, to be really precise, I feel like I could use a somewhat tighter fitting shoe or boot. Uh, I've seen on on iRacing Reddit that I keep up with. I've seen people suggest for like budget, like swimming shoes. I wonder if that's almost not going to have enough uh power on the brake i feel like i need a little extra push or grip too yeah because i'm i am still sitting in a desk chair with wheels so if i don't have enough force on that brake i still run the risk of pushing the chair backwards when i was trying to do it barefoot that's what was happening can you put uh 
Could you take the office chair the off wheel? the casters, whatever they're called? Uh, like that was suggested to yeah. me by Jerry as well, who gave me the base. And I just, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know yeah, if that I really did that work. with modules. Again, he suggested, he gave me great advice of taking the wheels off orig- uh, uh, before and kind of building a base or mount or something to mount it on. Again, if I try to build something, it's probably not going to work out. I have to know my limits. Bradley, you concur. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I'm going to brush your brush what you said off because I have a question for Patrick. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so my question is with, uh, so you've got the V3s, right? The same ones as yep. me. Yep. Um, and you're running shoes. Yep. Um, do, do the shoes take away any of the, the vibration in those pedals? Because I know they have the vibration motors. That's the reason why I haven't tried shoes on those yet. I didn't want to to lose that feedback. No, Bradley, I, I still Bradley get the feedback. Vibration. Bradley wants to feel everything. I really do. Lose the feeling. No, you, you still get the full feeling. <laughs> okay. That's that's what I wanted to know. Yeah, that okay. you still get all that. It's um, it's mainly mainly I went with like the carding shoe because from what I was reading online is also because you know the grip that it has on you know the sole of it. It's really it holds really well on the pedals for you know if I decide to switch my foot using my right foot to brake for some reason or or if I just want to use my left but to just maneuver it it doesn't slide or anything so uh, okay question though do you, are, no, do you guys I, have them I think inverted? we both have the same which is not the not the V3s that are inverted no we have just the the ones that are in line yeah mm-hmm. i'm not oprah rich oh yeah bruce is going to join us next week his his are inverted we'll have to get him talking Wait, and he's got the main performance ones. Yeah, he's he? he's got like, but his are set up inverted. Yeah, inverted, but they're not even they're they're much more fancier. Mark mark the tape here. Let's we've been teasing it or talking about it for a while. Bruce did a lot of time and effort into his latest rig, uh, so we'll have Bruce talk talk some rig next week. So if you don't like the VR slash rig show of Into the Apex, uh, we'll we'll mark the last section of next week's episode because he does have those and. Uh, I think a couple of us have agreed. If you look at our Instagram and kind of dig back or our Facebook for Mad Sim Racing, uh, we put some pictures of Bruce, lots of pictures that Bruce took of his rig. If I could pick any rig to just clone, it would be his. It's just beautiful. Yeah, he's got that set up better than than many of the ones I've seen. Yeah, it it just, I mean, I'm not even going to say what it does to me. It's beautiful. Yeah, it, it's an amazing rig, and it's not like... <laughs> It's not like he paid, you know, an enormous amount of money, you know, like some of the yeah. pre-manufactured <laughs> things. <laughs> what, what, what do you, uh, you I mean, you, I mean, you gotta, you have to admire another man's good. rig. <laughs> a nice, sturdy rig. Oh Jesus! Regardless of how, oh my God! I mean, you just have to appreciate. Oh, uh, you do. When, when you it's do. well put together, you just have to say, "Hey, look at this thing." That thing is uh, gorgeous. Nice and is- sturdy and strong. <laughs> yes you're that bruce they think you're well put together <laughs> but so so that's a tease for next week's episode <laughs> sure is <laughs> that's all right um but yeah look at our look at our facebook and instagram for the for for that uh some beautiful pictures of uh what looks like a legit cockpit <laughs> 
Oh boy. Oh, oh. So that's my story. I mean, basically that's my story of, uh, you get to hear more of me too. Cause I still have yet to get in a competitive. All I've done is literally three laps in the LMP two at Daytona road. Uh, I'm waiting now. I, I've done some races, but I went back to the G29 pedals until I get some shoes. So you didn't use those last night at? Uh... No, 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 no. Okay, I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to wear the tennis shoe. I'm not going to do. Oh that yeah, anymore. yeah. I uh, wouldn't recommend just a tennis shoe. Yeah, I'm just going to wait till I get what I need. I've thought I'm very impatient. Bradley knows this. I want it. I want it to work now. Um, so I was thinking this weekend I'll go and look around for like swimming shoes and see if those work. But I'm. I've gotten a lot of suggestions from people, uh, things to order from karate shoes that look like they would be useful and comfortable to actual racing boots. Uh, so I was going to say, why don't you just buy racing shoes? Yeah. Carding, oh, yeah. The carding boots are their cheapest option. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe it's better off. I'll just wait, get what, it, what works and then I'll replace permanently these pedals. And then I'll be able to give some feedback on what, on how they work for me in actual competition that's i know it's going to be a learning curve a little bit it's probably going to change my results i would assume when you guys you all three have kind of switched over the past year did it did you lose performance for a little while until you adapted or did you feel like you got better right away okay oh it was worse for like eight that's minutes <laughs> it, it didn't take long it's it's it, yeah, it felt really weird for like a first few laps at Imola. Okay. I think that's where we were racing with M Tech that week, and within the, by the time the race started yeah, I would going, say the same. I mean, the throttle's a throttle, so I mean, you get, sure, you, you know, that's it's really just about the brake, and you you get used to the pressure that particular one once. Um, and I don't I don't think the one you have has many cu- customizations on it. I know the one me and Patrick have. You can adjust the throw and different things, but. I mean, what it, does that explain that to an idiot? What it's is, got a so it's got a preload screw on it. Um, it almost looks like a hydraulic cylinder, but it's just it just uh, reduces or, or increases the amount of distance the pedal itself travels. So you can either push it and it immediately goes down, or you can adjust it to the full amount or whatever it is, and, and it'll push more distance when you press the pedal. It gives it more distance to throw. Mine has I don't know if this is the same, but this one here has like a little white sponge that kind of get is gives you kind of that give and then it catches when it pushes all the way down and hmm. there are just black several black like stoppers i'd like or, to see a picture of it if you, you, know, you get a chance after this send send me a picture yeah the the throttle the throttle on the the ones that he has it's just a potentiometer well what's so what's pretty, the uh, pretty what are you basic guys in that sense so, well, I don't know what they theirs has, but I have the Thrustmaster T, uh, whatever they're called, the throat TLCM or something like that, the the load cells. And instead of potentiometers on the, because it has a clutch too. So on the two outside pedals, I got not potentiometers, but uh, hall sensors. On your throttle. So they're just a little more accurate. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, on that's my clutch. What the V3 and has the on load those, cell on the brake. And then the load cell, yeah. So that's what you have, Bradley. And yeah, Bradley. that's what me and Patrick yeah. have. The, I didn't even know what that was. That's I just learned something. It's, yeah, it's just a different type of sensor to, to the sense the movement of the pedal. More quickly or? Ooh. And it, it uses magnetics opposed to just yours. That's just yeah, and it's less prone to failure, too. Pushed, I think the one right? Tyler you have oh. is more prone to fail. Well, that, <laughs> that's great. If but, you, I mean, it's what? good equipment. The CSL Elite, oh, everyone yeah. says, if you ever read uh, the jump from 
G29 to CSL Elite is immense. And then the jump from CSL Elite to CSW is a little bit, but not nowhere near as much as G29. I mean, the difference oh, I can tell. is night and day. I mean, even if you got the CSL Elite wheelbase, which I would recommend you do at this point, um, that would be your next upgrade. I mean, that's still going to be a ridiculous amount of change. Oh, yeah. From the G29 wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have yet to try that. I, uh, Bradley, I haven't been down there to see you since you got that uh, so i haven't previewed that at all yeah come on down give it a try it's pretty much on it's pretty much on par with what i have here which is like the best more like the high-end thrustmaster the tspc racer so the, the elite's pretty much the exact same in regards to quality i'd I say can, probably I mean, a little can, better the pedals, i can tell the difference i mean the throttle has more give to it it's bigger it's more heavy duty the brake as well i mean i can tell the uh, it's just something I I can definitely tell the difference, and uh, like I think you've described before, the G29 pedals feel like toys now. I'm sitting here with them underneath my feet at the moment, and then I look over and mess with the the CSLs that I got, and it's it's definitely a huge difference. I can't wait to get in competition and and actually feel it, get the shoes that I'm going to get, get settled into it. Uh, it's the other adjustment I have to make is since I'm at a desk and, and don't have a rig yet, I'm not built and I'm, I'm probably going to adjust to the desk setup. The positioning with the base that I hooked them to is a little different. So I had to kind of lower my chair a little more than I used to. And I have to kind of, so I've got a keyboard slider at the desk that I attach the wheel to probably not the sturdiest thing to attach it to, but it works. Uh, but I have to, Usually I push, I attach the wheel to this keyboard slider and then push it in as far as it goes until the wheel touches the, the larger part of the desk. I find with these pedals that if I don't lower the chair and kind of pull the keyboard slider out with the wheel attached to it, that my legs kind of, my thighs kind of touch or scrape the bottom of the desk and I don't have kind of an ease of movement with the pedals. I don't know if any, if I'm painting the picture well or not for that. Um, so I have to kind of, and I kind of have to sit back in the chair to get more leverage on the pedal. Um, so I'm going to have to get used to, basically what I'm trying to say is, uh, get used to a position, a driving position that I'm not quite used to. I have to get comfortable with the new position. Uh, so I noticed that yesterday, obviously it's early days for me to test this out, but, uh, for any budget racers that are like tiptoeing their way into, into this better equipment, Obviously, I can. I mean, the story that I've just told over this last whole b- few minutes, it's tough to get into that equipment without getting the whole kit and caboodle, the, the rig and all that. Uh, it's definitely difficult. You have to get creative. I mean, I was lucky to have somebody that, that had a spare pedal base that they could send it to me, and I could basically bolt these pedals to it in such a way that they don't flip over, and I didn't have to buy the whole giant rig. I would love to have all that equipment, but it's just so much of an investment at a particular time uh, that there's people out there that I know would love to sim race and sim race as best as they can with as good of equipment as they can get uh, that can't all at once get all of that equipment, if that makes sense. Yes. It's prohibitively expensive. I thought golf was an expensive hobby. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I won't take that for granted anymore. I'll buy a dozen golf balls like it's nothing these days. Eye racing is the most expensive hobby that I have. Yeah, I'm not going to find. Yeah, I'm not going to go find yeah. eye racing. Yeah, you might find a Titleist Pro V1. You never know. It's happened. 
<laughs> oh, I find them all the time here. There's a private course where you're down all the businesses and everything play at. And it seems like all the rich guys, and they hit like five I'll feet out of bounds and just a, leave them behind. Many of them in decent condition. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, let me give, let me throw that out there one last time to wrap that up. Uh, many thanks to Mad Sim Racing guys that race with us, including those here. I'm sure Bradley didn't contribute a penny, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I contribute my expertise. Sure you do. Sure you do. Um, I'm your uh, equipment and spiritual advisor to your iRacing journey. (laughs) (laughs) I I messaged Bradley with, oh, God, I want this so bad. He's like, just do it. Just get it. Pull the trigger. That got you you sitting here, as we've talked about before. I got the PC because I'll I'll never let you live that down. You're you're sitting here right now, and as are we all, because of my efforts. So Okay. I'll give you that. I raise my glass. I'll give you that. So yeah, that's 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 my story. I can't build anything. Don't send me in the hardware store. I don't know what I'm looking at, but I got these pedals to finally work. And uh, I'm coming to a track near you. Watch out. I'm not sure if I can break. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go straight to the floor. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll find out as we go into turn one with a car right ahead of me whether I can pull this off or not. God, I hope it's during the uh, I hope it's during the MRSR Road Challenge. It'll probably be during Bathurst in a week. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> You're gonna come flying off that mountain. Oh. Uh, it might Bath. I, I apologize in advance to my Bathurst team, Rob. You're on my team. I apologize in advance. I uh, we'll, wanted we'll, to ask you, what's that at some point? I have no idea. Yeah, it's just going to be pretty determined yeah, on we, my we on like that. when I'll be so able to go. Next right? week's so episode of this podcast will be the Bathurst episode, yeah. by the way. And uh, several of us are running it, and uh, we'll see. I have no hopes uh, of lasting. I think it's going to be a, a chaotic show, but uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Godspeed to anyone running, because I sure as hell am not sticking my ass in there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy Bathurst, but I'm not. Uh, well, I'm not able to run, so I might just be there as a. Uh, crew chief yeah i might crew chief for a little bit also you guys are just you guys are waiting for sebring in march that's your next yeah year. hell no i'm not we're, even we're, doing we're, sebring really serious what's wrong with sebring I, sebring's one of the top ones i don't i don't do, do well with sebring sebring's oh, a i love track. sebring yeah i love it i'm waiting for nurburgring so you won't oh, do, you won't do sebring but you'll do nurburgring that's that's backwards that's because i've done nurburgring already with bradley no you got to do Sebring. Sebring's. Good. I've done races at Sebring before. I just suck at the track. So let let me te- let me do a little tease here. I don't think even you guys know this. I will be driving the Sebring Twelve in the Porsche RSR. Are you kidding me? GTE. Holy fastbender! I have what? not. I have not shared that yet. I'm, how do I've, you? My co driver. You're going to be doing that uh, because I've discussed it with my co drivers. And who? Whoa! What? Whoa! Two of them. The secret uh, squirrel business? This is secret squirrel. Uh, Mr. Doug Buchanan of Mad Sim Racing and Mr. Colby Tucker of Mad Sim Racing uh, and myself and maybe one other person uh, will be driving the Porsche. Uh, it better have Fassbender's face. It'll have uh, Fassbender all over it. <laughs> if I had if I had cricket audio, I'd play it right now. 
There's a picture on the Mad Sim Racing Instagram of the Michael Fassbender Porsche. That's what I'm talking about. It's public knowledge at this point. I had to... It's uh, meme material is what it is. It, it is, and I also had to reckon with myself as to why I had pictures of Michael Fassbender on my computer. I, I hope no one looks at your hard drive anytime soon. It, it, uh, it made me temporarily uncomfortable, <laughs> and I have since deleted them. Are you sure about that? <laughs> Uh, you never delete anything from a computer. It's always I, there. <laughs> I did, yeah, that's true. Tyler's gonna crash or take a rock to his hard drive just to eliminate the fast bender evidence. <laughs> but but I mean, really, that that's surprising. That will be the first uh, Porsche. It will nine uh, eleven RSR that we run. It is. So, I, I thought I would drive it this weekend at Twin Twin Ring Motegi. Twin Wing. Twin, twin Wing Motegi. I thought I would do it, but I'm just going to, I think we've, we've decided, Patrick and I, we're going to consider it, but we decided since we're going to do the 12 hours, well, since I'm going to do the 12 hours next week at Bathurst, I'm not going to do a six hour race this weekend. I don't want to over, I don't want to burn myself out of endurance racing, basically. That makes um, sense. I still yeah, want to do uh, an endurance race in the Porsche RSR, Yeah, but I also... The, the, this is just a little spoiler for me. The past couple of nights, I've been trying out LMP ones at you know yes. one racetrack in France. You know that yeah. twenty four hour race. I won't go any further. Well, you'll get sued by the ACO if you go further. Please, t- please tell me it was the Porsche. I, I've driven the Porsche and the Audi. Oh. Well, I'm I'm running the Porsche. You stole the words out of my mouth. I was about to talk about the LMP1, Patrick, and you sensed it. Yeah, yeah. And I was actually surprised with with the whole hybrid system and all that. I actually ran better in the Audi than I did the Porsche. So everyone says they like that one better. I like the look of the Porsche. Really, the cockpit of the Porsche is is so much better to me. And in VR, anyway. Well, I agree on that. I'm just saying on pure lap time. I, I, yeah, on lap time, I did lap times that were two or three seconds uh, faster in oh, the wow. Audi. Wow. I, you know, and I don't know what that is contributed to. I, I mean, I've barely driven them, but well, you gotta, go, you gotta go with speed, right? <clears throat> Bradley. Well, so you're gonna, you're gonna abandon, abandon the portion. Let's go with the Audi. I mean, mm-hmm. I would, I would. I drive the Porsche, but I, you know, I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. If, if any if, teammates want to do an Audi, if, if we, we uh, have a 24 hours of exactly, yeah. Well, there's a six hour race coming up. Bradley and I were going to do that. I yeah, signed I up as well. Bradley, are you still intending to do it? Um, I'm not a hundred percent, but I, if I'm able to do it, I'll do it. Well, okay. There we go. I want to do it because I want to report back here our experience. Not that yeah. anybody listening to this doesn't know anything. We probably know the least about the LMP1, honestly. But uh, we'll give our novel experience of it as people yeah. that aren't probably the, the best at it whatsoever. Uh, we still like the idea of it. That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, we could try the Porsche and then find a race and test the Audi as well. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm don't even get us back started on the 24 hours of Lama. Um, yeah. I saw more chatter, more chatter on Reddit about it, that the ACO will sue anybody or, or not allow anybody that doesn't have license to it to run. It's just basically, I read something recently that gave me the sense that 
that they can't even half-ass a 24 hours of Le Mans in 2021. Like it may not even have, it may be what we said, which is people setting up hosted sessions and kind of like, Oh, hint, hint. It's the 24 hours of Le Mans. Like, well, if, for example, if we called it the 24 hours of Le Mans, we ran it. They would try to come after us. We would be exposed to litigation. Cease and desist. Yeah. Would they find out about it? I don't know. But probably would not. They, would they have grounds to to mess with us? Yeah, maybe. Probably. If you use the phrase LM, I don't know what you would. I mean, it. Let's let's get it straight. We said this in the episode a couple weeks ago. There's going to be a 24 hours of Le Mans in some fashion somewhere. Hell or question, high water. Question is, yeah. Question is, who's going to get into it? How many of them are there going to be? And what's the balance of competition going to be like? It's not going to be what we are used to. Um, but I'll, I mean, it's one of my favorite tracks of road racing. Absolutely. One of my top favorite tracks. Uh, I loved it last year. It was such a great experience. I, I, it's a track that I, I couldn't get tired of. It's one of the crown jewels, you know, it's, you know, that with the, with spa Daytona, you know, it's, Nurburgring, it's up some bastard, some bastard simulation game wants to is stealing it from us. Ugh. I, 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 the thing that I, uh, I, I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> It'll all work, Rob. Though. You're so optimistic. It'll yeah. all work. So, out. So very Canadian up here. Yeah. Ugh. I want. I want my 24 hours of Lamar. I want my toys. I want to play. We're, we're gonna we're gonna replace it with the twenty four hours of Giles Villeneuve. I mean, do you think? Hey, you just made a good uh, point. Could I racing say, okay, fine, we don't get to do twenty four hours of Le Mans, so we're gonna do a unique twenty four hours of of X track. What track would you pick if if that happened? What track? Ooh. If you were I racing and you that's decided true. that's what we're gonna do, what track would you pick? I need to pull up. A, I need to pull up a list of tracks now. You're Ooh, that's lying. a tough. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do this quickly and organically. Uh, what tracks could? What track would I pick out of road courses? Now, quick question: uh-huh. Which on these tracks are they current tracks on the iRacing service, or well, of course, any track? Uh, Are you talking like 24 hours of Martinsville? No, I race. (laughs) (laughs) Hell no. You think I would want to do that? I'd rather paint dry. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. What do you, I I didn't understand what you meant. Oh, I I have ideas in my head. Now, I might sound like I'm on psychedelics or something. Go for it. So, this iRacing slash Coca Cola Speedway. Oh, that sounds like a long wait, time. Wait, 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 uh-huh. wait, wait. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is so big. Turn it into, I don't know, a roval. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think you are on psychedelics, sir. <laughs> and do a 24 hour race in there. What about 24 hours of the Charlotte Roval? Oh, oh God! No. Like, that would be like twenty-four that, hours of Long Beach. That makes my wrists hurt just thinking about it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, you guys uh, drove Monza combined uh, last week. Yeah, that, that was the first time Patrick and I drove the GT4. 
I don't know about other cars, but I wouldn't want to do the GT4 there for that. I time. wouldn't want to drive there at night. Yeah. What about oh, uh, I didn't I don't know about the Monza combined. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't do it again. I it would never happen, but one of my actually one of my favorite road courses uh is Brands Hatch. I think it's very underrated. I've never raced got Brands Hatch. Eh. I love that one. Eh. What about Circuit of the Americas? No. 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 Twelve hours up it. there. I enjoyed that race. I enjoyed well, that whole you know, Jason. Yeah. What about hours. What about Interlagos? Interlagos. I was I like just going to say that. I don't know what. I like it. I've spent a while since I've run it, but I do like it. It's very flow. It's very, very flowy. I would do twenty four hours at at Twin Ring Motaki. Never, never been. There. I would say that would be a good race. Yeah. Vi. Yeah. Vir. Would you be suicidal after that? Oh, I like Vir. I would be suicidal before it. that. I would I would wreck and lap. I, I enjoy VIR quite a bit, but if you run on the grass, I could do the Watkins Glen's Glen twenty four. Glen's one of my. I favorites. think I would get sick of Watkins Glen, even yeah. yeah. Just like I get it sick of Road America. I was going to say Road America. And I'm like, I, I'm I like Road, Road America every yeah, but we're there every other week. Yeah, I'm good at Road America. That, I like Road America because I'm decent there. It's one of the few yeah. that I'm decent at. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good track and Road Atlanta as well. What about Barcelona? What about Sonoma? No, 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 no. I'm fine never going to Sonoma. No. I get lost at Sonoma. <laughs> the hell with Sonoma. I'm not, I don't like it. Not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, what else we got? We're just going to name every track. Yeah, what, are this, what, what about this one? Road? What about this one? What about All right. what is What are some of those other road courses? Iron Rock Park. Kansas Up road down boats on every track. Believe it or not, there is a Kansas and Las Vegas road circuit. There's an Iowa road course too. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, you'd be surprised how many road courses there are at ovals. So let's. So I'm going to give my final answer. We're kind of shooting the shit here. I'm going to go with Interlagos. I would do a 24 hours of Interlagos. Bradley, what do you got? Uh, Circuit of the Americas. Jesus, I like it. Okay. I it. It's your it's your vote. You get the yep. vote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I know mine. Then. I could Mine's do Imola. Definitely I, don't Imola. I don't own that one. Well, well, what? So what? Exactly. I don't know. I, I like Imola. Patrick, what do you got? Uh, making this tough. Um, probably Montreal. I got sick of Montreal. After an hour, it's pretty. I mean, it's a small course. I wasn't good there. I, I think it's a personal it's problem. Yeah, I mean, it's it's close to uh, to street circuit almost. Even I mean, it's not obviously it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's real yeah. real tight. Real tight. We're taking the Delaro IRO one there in the Grand Prix. Oh boy, God help you in that wall. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, oh boy. Or we will take it off the schedule and put Hockenheim on. Gotta that sounds go good. That you got you to gotta go with the hot new item. Got to ride the wave. Got to be True. cool. That's right. We did that once <laughs> with the Corvette. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now we're doing it with the BMW. I like the BMW. I enjoy the BMW uh, prototype. I don't care for the the grill, but I like the car. It's it, yeah. 
I mean, I, I look, I look oh past it. God, I, I look past it. Everyone hates the grill. It's Even just nothing wrong with the grill. It's just a grill. <laughs> I am. I'm <laughs> defending. Yeah, I'm, here's I'm here's my theory about hill. that grill and that design is they've done that just so in five years their new marketing ploy will be look we've gone back to the old style grill and everyone loves it so buy this car now so it's just let's make it ugly for five years and then the big sale the sale point will be in five years with the new bmw oh it's back the way it was <laughs> just got to switch it up every once in a while that's an interesting marketing plan by you yeah. Bradley. make make everybody hate it you're still going to buy it if you're brand loyal and then bring it back because that, that was their argument now is the the kidneys on the front being tall like that is what, what? It used to be in the old one. That's what they call them. The kidneys. I don't, I don't like it either. It makes me, it makes me uncomfortable. What are you Hannibal Lecter or something? Just, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Where is this coming from? That's what they call them. Who is they? BMW. BMW. Okay. Whatever. They call their, that's what they call them. Or if I, I had that's too much. They call the walking. grill. Yeah. There's, there's, there's two points on the, on the front. They call them the kidneys. That's, uh, that's, that's kind of weird. Let me make sure I'm not full of shit. Yeah, let's uh, let's it make sure uh, because uh, that's uh, be, uh, yeah. Type in BMW big kidneys. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Do I have to what? put the big yeah. in, or is it will well, not yes. work if I don't put that? <laughs> be- Google image BMW big kidneys. BMW big it. kidneys. I see it. Yeah. BMW 4 Series on Motor1.com. BMW 4 Series. You see the pictures of the old one? That's what they're trying to copy, and it's just not the same. BMW 4 Series Big Kidney Grill probably won't appear on other models. What an unattractive way to describe your car. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at they're, – they're modeling it off of this really old one where they're, they're really close together and they're tall like that. And it's – did any – I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's like I if – it's like if uh, McLaren described their tailpipe as an anus. Your headlights as nipples. Somebody sit these guys down and talk to them. Well, yeah, when I first heard it, I'm like, what an, I don't want to say that word in relation to a car. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just a grill opening. Yeah. Get these. Kidneys. Like the, the CEO of BMW has eyeballs in his freezer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ugly name, ugly. So we've design. all learned something tonight. We were we're gonna buy start buying Porsches. We're we're about to abandon BMW. BMW with the Porsche 911 RSR. Yeah, BMW made it weird. They made it weird. Yeah, they they took it over the line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's no, definitely not us I at mean, all. My favorite's still the the M8 though. Forever. I love it forever and always. Um, I'll miss miss you when you're gone, but forever and always. So a little bit of oval, a little bit of road course. Next week, we'll have Bruce Perry with us here on the show. Uh, Patrick, we've loved having you, and we'll have you back in a rotating uh, schedule with Bruce and some other folks, hopefully. Yeah. But, but yeah, we will uh, be back next week talking some Bathurst and whatever else is going on. Uh, well, we've got a little Delara race coming up in the R01. We'll see how that goes. Let you know if it's a mess or not and uh, see what that car has in store. But uh, glad to have everybody with us here on episode 22. And we'll see you next week on Into the Apex. 
You've been listening to Into the Apex. Apex. Presented by Mad Sim Racing. Follow and join the team at madsimracing.com.